Lord is, is um, just hears, hears your voice in a, in a special way today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So today is a hard day. It's a hard day for me. It's, uh, it, this week has been really, really hard. My heart's pretty heavy today. I um, had some things planned for this week a long time ago, and I, I just, God said, you're not going to speak on that today. I don't want you to talk about that. I don't want you to say anything. So if it's, I'm a little all over the place today and it's kind of scattered, it's because that's where I'm at. I'm still, like, I'm still at a little bit like that today, kind of all over the place, lots of emotions. Um, and there was some spiritual disciplines that came out of today. So we are going to, that's why we're including this in this series. But these are disciplines that um, I think we need to practice. I think we need to partake, participate in this week. But what I'm going to share with you is, is um, I, I feel this is what God said this week to me. And this is, it's been going on in my head since, let me just show you the text that Jackson sent me last week coming home from Dickinson. She's a football player at Dickinson. So you can see this text. Rocky football player got shot in the head last night and is in a coma. You guys know the story. You know what happened. So I read this text while I'm driving, which I know shouldn't be reading text while you're driving, but usually when it's your child, you read it. Kim looked at me, and she knew something was wrong. She said, what? Just handed her the phone. We just sat there as I was driving. I was numb. Didn't even know how to respond. Here comes the emotions. I, I had this last time, too. I couldn't get this out of my head because my son has also played football. At a town I sent my son to, to go play football, assuming he's going to be safe. Just thinking, what if that was my child? I very easily could have been that parent that received that phone call. Because that's that's what my child, that's what he's done. He's he does that. So I'm, I'm thinking of these parents. Thinking of these parents, could you imagine flying from Florida, knowing what just happened to your child? Just the turmoil, the, the, what they were fighting, just. <laughs> probably the longest day of their life. And then as you guys know, I like to coach. So I, I started to think, man, if, if I was a coach, if I was on that coaching staff, I don't know if I could ever coach again. Because here, these parents sent their child, and that's what you say as a coach, don't worry, it's been said to me, don't worry, I'll take care of him. I'll keep him safe. We'll take good care of him. Do you imagine how those coaches are feeling? Do you imagine how that coach is feeling knowing that he's got to have this conversation with that parent? With that parent? Just unbelievable emotions. And later in the week, I mean, it was actually wasn't very long, we find out that, that that football player died. Because he probably was dead when he came in. Just the grief, the sorrow, the despair. Wondering, is there any hope? What, what, what is this city that we currently live in? How is this going on? And then this week, I saw this post from one of my friends that I went to high school with her, known her for decades. 
Her husband is also a Billings person, been here for decades. They're Billings people. Their family is Billings people. Her, par- her grandparent is, her grandpa was like a baseball legend in this town. And they have this question. They're asking this question of so are we going to stay here? Are we going to stay in Billings? Are we going to move? And literally at this point, everything I had for this week is in my garbage can. If you want me, I can go show you. In my gar- it's in my garbage can right now. I threw it out. Plus they took the gar- cleaned the garbage out on Saturday when they cleaned. <coughs> so I just began to pray and said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So this is what I, f- I think God showed me. This is what he f- I feel like he showed me. Now, this is a story that I'm sure many of you are having the same emotions. I know at least previous service, there's some people that were in that room that they've lived this experience. They, they, they know this all too well. These are experiences where they maybe they're, as a parent, they've experienced this. Maybe it's a, it's a grandchild. Maybe it's a, it's a child. Maybe it is, it's your own sister. It's your brother. It's a parent. It's a, just a friend. Just a victim of this. This is unexplainable violence. I can't, I can't explain it. I'm not going to get up here and try to explain that. We've, I know we've seen it in our neighborhood because it's happened in our neighborhood this week too many times already. Some of us might even have been victims of this kind of violence. Left to some of the emotions that I've had this week. It's this overwhelming sadness, this despair. And there's anger. There's anger. There's, that's realistic. There is anger. There's helplessness. There's... There's this, when you read the news, like, I just want to run. Like my friends, they just, they just want to run. Maybe wondering, God, why is this happening? Because these shootings, this violence, this seems to be, unfortunately, this is like a daily occurrence, isn't it? And as I was working on this today, Wednesday, if you're around here on Wednesday, you guys should have known what was happening on Wednesday. I didn't know the law enfor- there's that many law enforcement people in Billings. I didn't know that the law enforcement even had people trained the way things I saw, the gear that they had. It, it was all day. Like, I had trouble even getting down to church here. It's right outside my window. Then it get any better, did it? There was another shooting. There's another, like, literally, I do look out my window, and I can see where this, 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 young kid, I believe, was murdered. Just more deaths. So I go, what, what kind of city, what kind of country, what kind of world, what, what do we live in right now? What is this coming to? What can I do? What can we do? What should we do? These are the questions that are going on in my head. And, and I heard other people asking, I talked to a lot of people, so I heard them asking the same questions. But this is what I felt God showed me. This is what he showed me today to do. I want to start, though, in Genesis 6, verse 5. This is the words of God, of God. It says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything was that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Peaches just let out a sigh, because she's probably going, yeah, that's, that's the world we live in right now. Same as in Noah's, same as in our times. Because there's not a shortage of wickedness right now. Not just in our neighborhood, in the world right now. 
and it is literally right outside our front doorsteps. But not everything is wicked. There's still hope. Even if it seems like this violence is just getting closer and closer and closer and it's closing in on you. You're beginning to be overcome with fear, maybe anger, maybe sadness, all, all kinds of things. There's still hope. Because in the story of Noah, there is still hope. Now in the story, if you read it, it says God said that he, God was sorry that he made humankind. God says, we're going to wipe everything out. We're going to wipe this, this entire human race out until we see these words in this story. Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor with the Lord was still hope. There's still people in this neighborhood, in this city, in this town, in this state, in this country, in this world, God still finds favor in. Not only in Noah's time, but in our time. Now we know how the story goes. Most of us know the story. Noah builds this ark. His whole family comes on the ark. All the animals come on the ark and God sends the rains and there's this flood that the only people alive and the only animals alive are still what's in that ark. So 150 days go by. The entire earth is covered with water. And we see these words, Genesis 8.1, the first part of verse 1. It says, but God remembered Noah. This world that was full of wickedness. Like I said, maybe like what we live in now. Seems like, seems like there is. There's a lot of wickedness in the world. But we see those words, God remembered Noah. God remembers Earl. God remembers Peaches. God remembers everybody on this group. God remembers Drew. God remembers, God remembers all of us in this room. Some of us might be worried, well, why are you telling this story? Are you telling this story because you're going to say God's going to come and wipe us all out? No. That's not what I'm saying. It's almost emphatic. No, God's not going to wipe us out. Because the conclusion to this story is, it really is a beautiful story, how Noah ends. God makes this covenant with Noah. Makes this covenant with Noah and the rest of humankind, the rest, all of us, saying these words. These are in Genesis 9-11. This is what it says. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then we see God giving us a rainbow. This rainbow that's a sign of this covenant. Saying God's never going to do this again. We, this is in that verse, nine, verse 17 it says, Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. I want us to see that God remembered Noah. God's going to remember us. And as I'm reading this, that's what I kept thinking is, God, remember us. In the midst of all this that's going on, I even can pray and say, God, remember me. Remember this neighborhood. Remember the people here. Remember us. God, remember this family in Florida. God, remember all of those players and those coaches, those teammates of this, this, this child's name was Chandler. Remember, remember them. All of us that have suffered through this, that are suffering right now maybe, similar tragedy, similar wickedness, God, remember us. God, give us comfort. 
And I do have comfort because we still have rainbows, don't we? And I just had that vision of, man, God, can you just send us a rainbow right now? Because I think we need a rainbow. And then if you remember in Exodus 2, we're going to look at Exodus 2, 23 through 25. This is another time the Israelites are oppressed. There's violence. There's struggles. There's a lot of wickedness in the world. And these are the words it says. Years passed and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help. And they, their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. God heard. God remembered. And that was, that's what I thought, that's the answer. That's what we need to do. That's what, that's what God is asking me to say to you today is, is we need to cry out to God. It's time, if you haven't already, we need to cry out to God. Aiden spoke when he started this. It was when he, brought, he spoke on prayer for two weeks. Why did he spoke, speak on prayer for two weeks? Because it's so important. It's time to pray. It's time to use our prayers and to cry out to God. And then the beautiful thing in this verse, this is repeated, this is just like with Noah. God looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. God's looking down right now on all of us. He's looking down right now on Billings, Montana. He's looking down on the people in Montana. He's looking down on the people in the United States. Not just the United States, but every single person in the world. God is looking down on us. And it's time for us to cry out and know this, that God is looking down on us and know that he is going to hear us. And just pray, God, it's time to act. Knowing God will see this wickedness in the world and I pray for God to act. Just where I kind of already mentioned it. This week as it unfolded, there was more and more of the same. More, more and more. We saw the same thing repeated. So the same violence, the same tragedies, the deaths, just... I can't explain it. So it, I spoke to a lot of people this week. I was out in the street Wednesday talking to a lot of people instead of maybe working on this, but that was more important. And I heard people say, this is what I, this was what I common. These are people that knew Jesus and there's people that could, could care less about Jesus. But one thing that was in common is overwhelming question, what's happening? What's happening? People wanting answers, people wanting action, people want something to be done. Which brings us back to the story of Exodus. What did the people do? They cried out for help. They cried out to God. We need to cry out to God. We need to cry out for help. Hear this verse. We need to know that, hear this verse, and we need to trust that God's going to do the same as he did in Acts. Know it's time to act. And that's what God did in Exodus. The rest of that story is that God, he freed all the Israelites. He freed them from the Egyptians. He freed them from the Israelites. He delivered them from that. In our situation, I believe God, God's, God will do the same. But it needs to start with us crying out to him. This is a verse that we look at a, a lot because it's so applicable to what goes on in our world and we don't understand this. But if we remember this, it, it does help explain a little bit. This is Ephesians 
It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What follows in this verse, if you know what this, this verse is, is it, it talks about putting on this armor of God. Because there's a battle that we're fighting. There's a battle before us right now. And it's not one of flesh and blood. We may think it is, but it's, it, it's not flesh and blood. And we need to begin fighting this battle. And I believe it starts with us crying out to God. That we begin to practice this principle that Aiden spoke about. And we begin to pray. We begin to cry out to God. Because this battle we're fighting, really, we can't see it. Because there is evil forces, they're working overtime to create this fear in us, to create this anger in us, to keep us to preoccupied on whatever it is to keep us from crying out to God. They're doing everything they can, and they think they're going to win. But they're not. They're, they're not. It's not how it ends. God brought us victory on the cross. Jesus' name evokes power. We have that power to fight these spirits, to fight these evil powers. But then there's this story in 2 Kings 6. I want to share this with you. It illustrates what we don't see. So Elisha and his servant, they wake up one morning. They're, they're in the midst of war. And, and he looks out, and the servant looks out, and he sees they're surrounded by this entire army. Everywhere they look, there's this army. The servant's like, he's, he's freaked out. He's panicked. He's, he's afraid. He's kind of like, we don't stand a chance. We're going to be killed. Maybe like just like right now, some of us are afraid. Some of us maybe just want to be like my high school friend. They want to move away. They just want to run away. Stay, maybe we want to stay in our houses. Figure if I just stay in my house, I won't do anything. We're afraid of everyone, afraid of everything. I want you to look at these two verses. Elisha says to his, his servant, says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. That servant saw the Lord's army. He saw God's army. He got a moment and see what we don't see. He saw God's army. We can pray and we may or may not see God's army. Maybe God will give us the opportunity to see God's army, but I'm not sure I want to see God's army because that might be terrifying than what I even see out of my office window right now. Because this battle we're fighting, it's not against flesh and blood. We don't need to fight each other. We can stop fighting each other. We can cry out to God. Have God fight this battle for us. We let God act. We let God's army come and fight this. The role of, we have this role of crying out to God, trusting God that he's going to send that army, that he's going to fight this battle. He's going to fight against these evil powers. Something else I want to show you. There's a common theme in the Bible, if you haven't recognized. There's a common theme of, of people cry out to God. King David cried out to God a lot. This is King David. He cried out to God. This is in 2 Samuel. This is King David crying out to God after Saul was trying to kill him. He had lots of enemies. They were hunting him down. He was, David was living in caves, running for his life. And God fought this battle. He delivered him from that. And these are the words of a song that David wrote. 
Second Samuel 22, verses 7 through 16. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried out, cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. That's another common theme. God hears us. We can cry out. He hears us. And then we see God act. Verse 8. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the heavens shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. <clears throat> he shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dense rain clouds. A great brightness shone around him, and burning coals blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. If I was one of these evil forces, I'd scare the living daylights out of me. I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd want to mess with God. Those are pretty strong words. Now this whole section, it goes on. There's some before this, and it goes on. I, and I encourage you to go read 2 Samuel 22. Just read it. Spend some time with that this week. Just read about how powerful God is. But I hope what I, I want you to see again, and I already pointed out, is David cried out to God. And God heard him, and God acted. And God acted in a mighty way. So we can cry out to God. We know that God's going to hear us. This battle, this flesh and is, is it's not this flesh and blood like it appears. It, it's not this battle. This battle is bigger than just this flesh and blood that we're seeing. We don't see the evil forces behind it. And I believe it is. It's time for us to cry out to God. Now, some of you might be wondering, okay, we talked about prayer. You said there was some spiritual disciplines that came out of this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what this next discipline is. We're going to look at a Bible passage first. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining what this discipline is. I'm not going to give you a big theological reason behind it. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of examples. Because I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice it this week. Give you an opportunity to let God reveal to you the power of this discipline. I'm going to let God reveal it to you. Let God speak in your life. But let's look at first at, at Judges 20. Now, Judges 20, the nation of Israel is, is, is fighting against the tribe of Benjamin. They're fighting against each other. They're fighting against their brothers and sisters. They're fighting their own people. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what we're doing in our world. Brothers and sisters are fighting each other in Israel. Brothers and sisters are fighting ourselves right outside these doors. Fighting our own people. In our neighborhoods. Killing each other. The Israelites have been being defeated by the Benjamites. So this is their response in verse 26. Then all the Israelites went up to Bethel wept in the presence of the Lord and fasted until evening. That's, the, that's what I want us to do, is fast. That's the discipline, is fasting. I want us to practice this this week. Instead of me spending time talking about this for 30 minutes of fasting, I'm going to want us to do that this week. 
Really, what I want you to see is that the Israelites wept in the presence of God. I think they were crying out to God. They were talking to God. They were praying to God. And they're, they're hurting just like we're hurting. They're hurting. They're seeing people die, just their, their friends. They're seeing people die right, right, right in front of them. They're afraid. They're wondering, why is this happening? It's like us wondering, why is this happening? Why are, why are, we, why are, we, why are people killing each other? Why are we killing our brothers and sisters? They're, they're crying out to God, and we see them fasting. I want to give you just a quick biblical dictionary of what fasting is. This is, one, this is just a simple thought. It says, fasting is the practice of abstaining from food and probably drink. This could be done as an expression of remorse for wrongdoing, as an expression of mourning for a loss, or as a spiritual discipline meant to help one focus on spiritual matters. Some of us probably experience all, all of those things, and that would be a reason to fast. But fasting is a spiritual discipline to give us some clarity on a spiritual matter. Because, friends, right now, this, I, strong, this is a spiritual matter going on right now. Fasting, you may think it's a form of, it's not a form of punishment. It's a discipline that really allows us to just focus on God, to put all of our attention on God. So this week, it, it's, it's like, I didn't have any funny stories for you. And I may think to get your attention and then let's talk about Jesus, let's talk about God, and let's all feel good about it. Because this isn't, what's going on right now, it's not a feel good. Because there's a battle going on. And I hope that you see, like, what I want you to see is that we need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God, we need to fast, we need to pray. We, it, we need to not be passive anymore. I think we just need to, we need to stand up to this evil going around us, starting by we cry out to God and we fast. It's time to get on our knees and pray. Cry out to God. Put down the fork at the dinner table and we begin to fast. We cry out to God and we see God act. So that's my homework assignment for you guys this week. And hopefully it's more than just one time this week. Maybe this becomes a practice of every week. I, I want you to dis discover what this fasting is all about. If you've never done it, some of you probably have. Now, myself, I'm going to so fast tomorrow. I'm going to fast tomorrow. That's, it, it, I'm going to ask if you guys want to join me, join me. Maybe there's a different day this week that just is better for you. It's more open for you. You can, you can spend more time in prayer. But just, I encourage you to join me this week to just fast. Take a day, just, just one day, and fast. Even just a period of time. I, I just am encouraging you to do that. Now, it might be that you've never fasted before, so maybe just start with like half a day. Maybe just eight hours, maybe 12 hours. Maybe you can do it 24 hours. Maybe you could go the whole week. If you have some, I know that there's medical conditions where it makes fasting dangerous, so I understand that. So maybe there's other things we can take a break from, we can take a fast from. Maybe TV, social media, our phones, whatever it is. Maybe we can just give those up for a period of time. The point is, is that we fast. We give up something in our lives so we Give that focus now to God. So when you feel hungry, if you're fasting, you feel hungry, don't focus on going and feeding your, your hunger. You cry out to God. 
and you start praying. You get that urge to look at, t- look at your phone, look at your emails. Look at you leave the phone there, and you cry out to God. So this week, I'm going to ask if you'll join me in this. Just one day of prayer and fasting. That's all, that's all it is to start with. Let's do that. Now, you don't need to take a day off of work to do this. You can do that while, while you're at work. You can, you can, when you start to feel that, you, just, you can just pray to yourself while you're doing your job. I also don't want to limit ourselves to just one day or limit ourselves to just one time. I think this practice, it's, it's been a while since I've done it regularly. But I, I'm going to probably do this weekly for quite a while now because we need to. We need to be praying. We do need to be praying daily. We need to cry out to God daily, not just this one day of the week. But fasting, I think this is a practice we need to, to, to do. We need to start. So who's in? Who's willing to do this? So I'm going to ask, let's cry out to God. Cry out to God knowing that history says God's going to act. Praying that God will send his armies. Armies are probably already here. Let's begin crying out to God. Lord, I just pray for all my brothers and sisters here, Lord. There's a lot of hard times going on right now with violence. It's not just the violence. Lord, there's all kinds of things happening in this world right now that, that we just can't really explain. But Lord, the one thing we can do is we can get on our knees and we can cry out to you. We can cry out to you and we can know that you hear our prayers. You hear us. Lord, and we know that you will act. Lord, so I just pray against all of these, this, the evilness in this world. I pray against the evilness, Lord, that is, is, is probably just right outside our door right now, Lord. And we know that there is power in the name of Jesus. We know that these evil spirits and these evil forces, they have to obey your son. And so, Lord, I just pray, using the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name for those forces to be gone. Lord, they, they, I command them to leave this place. I command them to leave the, the, at the doors of this church, Lord, at the, around this building, in this neighborhood, Lord. I just pray in the name of Jesus for those forces to obey and know that they don't have power here, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray for all, all the people in this room, Lord, that we can begin to cry out to you. Lord, I pray that, that you give us, Lord, the strength to, to fight this battle. Lord, the, the courage to do this, Lord. Lord, I pray that our eyes focus on you, that they remain focused on you, Lord, and we don't give up hope. Lord, because you are a God that gives us hope. Lord, you are a God of hope. Lord, and hope is, is, is something that we know of, that we're certain of, Lord, and I am certain that you are bigger than anything going on in this world, Lord. You're the creator of this world, Lord. So I just pray, Lord, I, I just pray right now, Lord, I cry out as, as, as just a representative of everybody in this room, Lord, we cry out to you now, Lord. We cry out for, for you to act. We cry out, Lord, for, for just 
healing, Lord, for, for against the wickedness, against the evil, Lord. Lord, we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.